You're listening to Resonating with Emmett O'Malley. Hi folks, you're very welcome to the show as always. Good to have you here wherever you are. If you're enjoying this podcast, please give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And please subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you want to get in touch with the show, send an email to info at emmettomalley.com. And that's Emmett spelled with one T. And you can follow me also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at Emmett O'Malley Music. But the very best way to support this podcast is to sign up on patreon.com slash Emmett O'Malley. Patrons receive exclusive monthly music and videos, as well as a weekly podcast, Private Pod, which is a bit of an experimental work in progress at the moment, but it's good fun. And if you like this show, well, sign up on Patreon and get that one as well. And it'll be great to have you there. The wonderful Charlie Craggs is on the show today. Charlie is an acclaimed author, speaker, entrepreneur, activist and fearless campaigner for trans rights and for the trans community. She has created some ingenious campaigns including Nail Transphobia, which is a pop-up nail salon where members of the public can sit down, get their nails done by Charlie and get to ask questions and maybe for the first time have the opportunity to have a friendly and personal interaction with someone who is trans. I love the idea of this campaign. It's creativity at its best, really. It's creating a situation in which people can come out of it and see things from a completely different perspective, seeing things from a personal perspective instead of an outside perspective. So, yeah, I think that's as powerful a vehicle for change that you could have. So it's an honor to have Charlie on here today. Charlie has been described by Vogue magazine as the voice of a community and she surely gives me a lot to think about every time we speak. And I hope that conversations like this can lead to lots more conversations outside of this. So here you have it, my chat with Charlie Craggs. I hope you enjoy. I've just been, I've thrown myself into work, but like all my normal work stopped when lockdown started, like literally a year ago to like this week, isn't it? It's like a year. Um, so because my normal work stopped, I had been doing some digital. So I do like, my, most of my work is my activism or activism related to so talks and writing around activism. Um, but I also always had on the side like um, influencer stuff. So I, I've got a bit of a following. So I'm lucky that I can kind of do like ads and I work with brands and do collabs. Hmm. Um, and when Corona kicked off and all my talks stopped and all my events stopped and all my like pop-ups with my campaign stopped, I was like, what am I going to do to like pay my rent? Like I don't have, that's my money. Like, And the ads would only be like, maybe like, I'd get like one every couple of months, maybe. You can't pay your month with a job that comes every couple of months. Like, yeah. it's, I'm not that well paid. And also like my following has grown a lot since lockdown started. So I was really worried, but because I, I had so much time, I really threw myself into it and um, was just, it's, I, 
I, I'm not going to give myself more credit than is due, but it was just luck. It's really, it really is just like it could have gone the total opposite way and I could have still been getting an ad or a collab every couple of months. But luckily they started coming up every couple of weeks. Every Now it's pretty much every week. And then because it was going really well, I got management who bring in more. So like, I've just been really lucky and that's what it is. It is literally is just luck. I'm, I'm not going to act like it's because I... Um, work, I work harder or I'm more talented it's not it literally is just by the grace of God I feel so lucky to have fallen on my feet during this that's lockdown. beautiful that's beautiful it's so lucky yeah that's that's awesome but you have been you have been like working at it for quite a while as well you know like even since okay. I even since I've known you um, which is probably like about four years three three yeah, four yeah. years something like that like I, I I've seen you know, which is uh, incredible to see as well. I've seen you really evolve in a new way as well, just like with with your message too, and with um, it's it's been really cool actually to have gotten to know you, you and then see this all happening. It's really cool. Do you know what's weird as well? Is I see that change. Like I, you don't see it because you know when you're doing something every day and it and one percent changes every day. So you, when it changes to a hundred percent, you don't realize because it's been you've only noticed the one percent. Yeah. You, you don't clock one percent changes but i watched a story that i did from the start of lockdown a year ago on instagram and i was like oh my god i was such a different person like, i was so i was just i just i hate watching it and it's because and that's only a year ago and that's when i had a following already but it wasn't as big but i was like i was so inauthentic i was so like trying to be like attractive trying to be like sexy try, not sexy but like trying to be I guess maybe like trans enough. And I'm like, now, if you go on my Instagram, I'm just a mess, but I'm so much more entertaining. And that's why my following has grown because I'm more, not just entertaining in a funny way, but also just more real. And that's what like, I don't want to tell everyone because then it will give the secret away. But like, that's what people want. People want, yeah. people aren't going to warm to you if you're just being like this perfect girl who's like wearing a ton of makeup and pushing her boobs up on her Instagram stories so that, and I'm like, who was I even doing that for? Because my following aren't even men. Like most of my followers are girls. But like the minute I was just like, no, I'm just going to be a mess. And I remember, I remember the first story I did that I just was like, fuck it. I'm not wearing makeup. I'm just going to come on camera because I had something really funny to say. And everyone loved it. And I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. And my life has changed. Like I can literally like now, even once Corona ends, I won't even have to go back to do my, I'm obviously going to go back to activism and my events and talks and stuff. But like, I wouldn't have to because I'm making my living now through social media content which is insane wow. but it does come from authenticity like it's this is yeah. just guys if you're listening whatever you do whether it's because it, it's not just about social media but just make sure you're like bringing something authentic to be yourself like that's what people want people mm -hmm. are hungry for that yeah there's so much fake stuff around that people don't need more like perfect fake manufactured things people love realness and that yeah. you can apply that to whatever you're doing yeah of course uh, but that's that's just so inspiring to hear it's, it's so uh inspiring to hear uh, for me with the stuff that I do as well with music and like other creative stuff like filmmaking and all that as well because especially with the, with the music like I, I, I see uh, stuff that I did like let's say two years ago or a year and a half ago and I'm like oh god like like as in it's there's something about it where like I'm kind of finding my way with with what I'm doing but really I, I feel sometimes I'm shedding off layers of like like kind of I want I want to be seen in a certain way and then it gets more and more scary when it gets closer to me being a vulnerable person uh, like uh, like my vulnerability and my real rawness maybe um and so I I really want to go on that journey like one of the reasons doing this podcast as well is because there's no way to do like 
a perfect like in quotes podcast you know what i mean like it, it, there's going to be loads of like you know mistakes and you know me talking too much like i'm doing right now but you know what i mean it's like but slowly like being able to do that and just be honest and uh be myself it's like whoa um it it's scarier than like it's 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 scarier because i'm i'm actually showing myself you know yeah i get that i get that but then at the same time i i find it so much less scary because it's real whereas what i was doing before and what i guess you're doing or what we're all doing is like it takes so much more work to put up a front like when you're real things just flow things you don't have to push you don't have to try you don't even have to try if you're just being what you're meant to be you just the universe just works in your favor it's like it's like pushing against the stream or the what's the, the current the tide whatever i don't know what the saying is but you know like mm-hmm. if you go with the flow it goes so much easier like if you're in the river if you're trying to go the other way in the river you're not gonna it's gonna you're gonna be fighting and pushing and like it's just yeah i just that's my best advice i could give anyone is just to like that's what i've learned this last year is just to like try and be as authentic as you can and try and like find what makes in, at your core makes you like you, you makes you you and makes you different to everyone else what they're doing and that's it, that you'll find that in your messiness and in your realness and in your rawness you're not going to find that in trying to be what someone else already is because people why would they need that if they've already got that person or 10 hundred other oh, that's a bad number like 10 million other people doing it like you don't you know just yeah. find what's different yeah. do you feel like less pressure um and kind of let's say because i was thinking about this earlier like there must be with the activism that you've done and that you continue to do, there must be some level of pressure and feeling of responsibility. Um, and but mm-hmm. like, 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 I guess it's a, it's a responsibility that's a, a great responsibility, but do you ever feel um, what like now at the moment in this kind of more let's say messy authentic kind of state do you feel less or more pressure around that i don't feel uh, maybe this is the wrong answer and i i just i don't give a shit i don't care i don't know if i'm allowed to swear but like i just i don't feel i mean don't get me wrong i understand that naturally if you're from a community that there aren't that you're underrepresented even if you don't choose to be a representative you're a representative because there are so few of you so I do understand that but I never feel a sense of like worry about being that representative because I'm just like I am doing me I'm whether if you like that great if you don't like that great like whatever I don't I really don't care either way yeah I'm not doing this for you yeah. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm being myself. And if people start to be like, actually, do you know what? I don't like Charlie Craig's, um, whether it's trans people saying it or s- people who are just uh, my f- followers or sub- whatever you want to call it, supporters, or even the the public who don't even know me, if they start being like, do you know what? Actually, I think she's a really bad representative. I don't like her. Great. Then, then, then tune out. Unfollow me. Don't watch what I'm doing. Don't watch my documentary. Don't read my book. That's fine. I'm not for everyone. Like, I don't I don't think that we should have to put that pressure on ourselves to be for everyone and to like neutralize, not neutralize, but to dilute your your core and your authentic, like going back to authenticity, I'm not going to dilute my authenticity. I'm not going to stop swearing. I'm I'm someone who's, I am Gobby. I'm not going to start because my following is growing and I have to start speaking like a UN fucking ambassador. (laughs) Like, no, really, I've I've talked to you, like to the, some people who like, you know, they get, they want you to be like, I I was offered a really big, um, 
opportunity recently to sit on like a board of trustees for a really big charity. And I was like, like, no, I'm probably not right for the job because I call, I'm going to call Boris Johnson a cunt every yeah. chance I can get. I'm yeah. going to, I'm not going to stop calling him a cunt. And I'm like, and they were like, oh, well maybe when, maybe they kind of implied like maybe in a few years, once you've matured a bit and grown up and I'm like, I'm still going to be calling Boris Johnson a cunt when I'm 60. Like this is me. And I, I'm not going to ever feel that I have to um, dilute who I am, how I talk, how I act for anyone. And if you don't like that, that's fine. But then just, even if I lost 90% of my followers tomorrow, that's fine. If you, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And I'm going to, I'm doing me. And if you like that, come sit at the party. If you don't go to a different party, that's, I'm. Yeah. That's Nick awesome. Heller. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I, I, I love it. I love it. It's, it's the best. And if, I, I just think it's, and, and then when it comes to actually, cause obviously the social element and like actually, with activism and representing a community and stuff like I, I would just step out gracefully. I would just be like, well, clearly no one's liking how I'm talking. Like if I became really problematic in, in that I wasn't changing or something with the times, or I don't know if I was doing something that became, that is fine now, but in the future they were like, actually you really shouldn't be doing this or something. Then I would just gracefully be like, okay, like if I saw that people really weren't enjoying it, like, and I did lose 90% of my phone, I would just gracefully step out and just be like, okay, this is like, no one is interested anymore. That's fine. I'll step out of the public sphere. I'll stop doing talks and activism. I'll stop social media. I'll stop, you know, and, and I would do it because like, if no one's enjoying it, then it's not, it's not, I've not, if I've not got an audience, then there's no point. But like, mm. I'm, I'm always going to be, I'm either I'm going to be authentic publicly or privately. Basically, I'll be doing it publicly, and if people don't want it publicly, I'm I'll be doing it in Tesco. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll be, I'll be telling everyone in the Tesco Boris Johnson's a cunt if I if I don't get to do it online. So fantastic. You know I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally totally get you. I I love it, and also it's that that's a really really inspiring thing to hear. Um, I and I hope I hope there's like a, you know. Uh, I hope there is or in the future there will be some like younger people listening to this too as well because just there's something about kind of naturally like I found myself like with something like social media because for example you're, you're obviously doing so well on social media and but you're totally being yourself like as in it's not like uh, there is a I feel like there, there can be a tendency for me to like like how am I going to get the validation or how am I going you know like suddenly it becomes that suddenly it becomes this offshoot of my insecurity or something like that but just to just be you know and yeah. like that's really inspiring because I'm sure there's so many people like around the world who struggle with that every day like what do I say so that I will get like x amount of you know followers or likes or whatever yeah that's a that's valid as well and don't get me wrong i i have those feelings but i guess maybe to a lesser extent because of things i've been through i think your experiences in, in actual life aside from things like social media do impact how you approach things in life like social media and i think just the fact that when you like when i when I transitioned and just the amount of abuse I was getting just on a daily basis, I, you just learn. And even before that, even as a child, like in, when I was in school and stuff, like I just, I've never, I've never been liked. So I just never had this, uh, like I've never had this need to be liked. I think it's maybe harder for people who, um, who have always kind of fit in maybe. And then, and then they kind of, I don't know, maybe they're just, yeah, I just, I think it, because I've never had that, 
I think, yeah, I just, I essentially just think because I've never had that, I don't need it. Mm. So I, I think it's valid that if you've always had something, it's hard to not have it anymore. And it's hard to not worry about what people think if in school you were maybe not the loser like I was and you were just maybe even like in the middle, like normal, or you were um, really popular. And then to like try and like just, it's, it's like un- unlearning, you know what I mean? Like it's um, unprogramming yourself to not need that validation that you were that you always that you always had i guess yes and uh going back to when you were growing up and when you were in in school and all that so you grew up in west london um you're uh from a working class irish family uh you uh when you were a child let's say like in primary school and that were, were you aware uh that uh, about tr- being transgender or what wh- how how did that uh manifest at that age when when you were quite young it manifested definitely but i didn't have a word for it like i didn't know i was transgender because obviously i didn't have that word in my vocabulary and even mm. the adults around me didn't have that in their vo- vocabulary it just wasn't part of our cultural conversation back then was it like even until maybe like 5 6 years ago it wasn't part of the cultural conversation, like it, people misunderstood what uh, what's the difference between uh, like a effeminate gay man and a trans woman or a drag queen and a trans woman. Like people just didn't understand. I didn't know that being trans was even a thing until I saw my first, I think I was probably about like 10 or 11 when I saw Nadia on Big Brother, who was mm. a trans woman, one yeah. Big Brother in the end. Yeah. But I didn't know you could be trans until I saw. Because how can you be what you what you can't see? Like how can you be something you just don't know exists because it's just not talked about? And so I was saying I was a girl from about the age of four, and I was at, at, like acting very gender non-conforming. So like, in for example, you mentioned primary school. Like in primary school, all my friends were girls. I didn't have any friends. Even now, all my friends are girls, really. Um, and then um, I'd like dress up in girl clothes, like like you know, in the dress up time, I'd play with the girls' toys. I'd like I I think as well like I think the reason a lot of us realize at that age and start saying oh I wish I was a girl or I'm a girl like and start expressing like it was so I was basically saying I was trans but no one understood what trans or no one had a people just assumed that meant I was gay back then but like because no one had the kind of understanding Hmm. of what trans was but um like looking back, I think at that age, because all my trans friends were about the same age of like four, when they kind of look back and then that's when they were expressing. Like I remember going to bed and pray. Like, I'm Catholic and going to bed and praying that I'd wake up a girl. And I'm like, that's so insane that like, and I think it's because at that age is when you start becoming like more pleased for your gender. So like in school, um, you have to, like, I went to a, a uniform school, so you'd have to wear boys uniform or girls uniform. And I wanted to wear the skirt. Like I mm. liked wearing skirts and like, that's also when you'd have to use the boys' toilets or the girls' toilets in school. That's also when other kids would please you and say, ha, that's a girls' toy, you're a boy, why are you playing? So, like, mm-hmm. at home, I never had that. So then when you, like, in school, that you start being pleased and you're like, or even teachers, I would have teachers say things, I can't remember from primary school, but definitely from um, secondary school, having, like, PE teachers, like, calling me, like, really homophobic words and, like, making, or la- I'd see them laughing at me in PE and stuff. And it's like, you become more pleased for, in, in, in those kind of environments that maybe in in the safe space of your home or in your kind of friendship groups um in where you're like where you like on my estate where I live like I was never pleased in that way by my friends but then in school you are so I think that's why a lot of us realize that about four but then having said that that kind of goes back to my point in the last chat we were having about never needing other people's 
approval or to be liked by other people because as young as four like i was being told you're a boy you can't play with this you're a girl you can't play this that Mm, like mm. if you're being taught that from four you do not give a shit like i literally when i say i don't give a shit emmett i mean i don't give a shit i mean literally (laughs) you know a lot of people like i don't care and they really care you can hear in their heart that they're really (laughs) upset and they're like i don't care what you think and they, they really care i do not care like i literally could not care less i couldn't give one percent shit like not even one percent emmett i'm like negative one at this point like (laughs) i don't give a shit and it's because for i've just always been hated i've always not by everyone but it's gradually got higher and higher the amount of people who hate me but even as a child like i was being i remember being called like um a girl in a mean way when i was like seven like fag batty boy chichi man all these what like when i was so young i've like i've i've been brought up with this with so much hate that now I just don't feel that I just, it's normal. I don't feel that I don't, I'm not even really affected by the amount of hate I get. I think if anyone who, um, never mind growing up being liked, but if anyone even just neutral received the amount of hate trans people face in their just everyday life, like you're just going to work and you get, attacked on the tube or you know people laughing at you people commenting you people taking your photo people would not be able to cope with the amount of like we're we're being we're in training our whole life for transition essentially i feel Mm, like mm. i've been in training for because this is the hardest walk like this is so it's so hard like the only thing harder being like a a black trans person but like being a, a trans woman is really really hard the amount of shit you get especially at the start of your transition when you look rough and you don't blend in and stuff it you're just like a joke out in public and people are just you're the punching bag and the punching line. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's it, it's kind of why it's, like, so powerful to me, uh, the work that you've done. Like, uh, for example, nail transphobia. Um, it, like, and, it, like, for example, what I'm talking about is e- educating people. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, in the human way, like... Uh, nail transphobia like basically sitting with members of the public holding their hands which is like because you're doing their nails a really intimate thing to hold someone's hand and i'm speaking in like the human way like like what a connection the closeness look in someone's eyes and they they're free to ask you whatever they want because a lot of people there's something about ignorance and uh lack of education on subjects and that's why maybe now because because the work of yourself and others like a young kid in school will be in a different uh it's it's a different playing field now when it comes to identity isn't it i guess yeah i definitely don't think i'm to play in that i wish i was but like i guess I, we will play a little bit sure but yeah like i think it's just um yeah, I don't know. I guess for, just to explain for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what nail transphobia is, I basically travel around the country with a pop-up nail salon and offer the public free manicures for the chance to have a chat with a trans person. So while people are kind of sitting down and getting their nails done, they can ask me whatever they want, like Emmett said. Um, or we can just have a chat, but the point is that you're getting to meet a trans person because most people haven't met a trans person and that's where the misconceptions come from and that's where the transphobia comes from, like from the misconceptions. Because mm-hmm. if you met a trans person, we all the misconceptions that you've been taught from the media, from religion, from, from your parents, from your peers go out the window. Like there's an, in the same way, like if you sat down with someone from a community that you've not met f- 
from a different minority group, you would realize that you a lot of the things you've been taught about them aren't true. And that, again, like the human thing, like you're saying, it's just about the, feeling the humanity and like, how can you not feel someone's humanity when you're holding their hand? But also like, I'm holding their hand, like through the experience of the, like kind of the, the talk around transness, like I'm guiding them through it, like in a really friendly way, like I won't tell you off if you ask the wrong question. I'll tell you if you ask the wrong question, but in a nice way, because I don't want, I'm not just going to like answer every question. Because if you ask the wrong question, I'll tell you, but like in a, a friendly way, I'll be like, oh, babes, we don't ask that. And then they, not, rather than like answering it, and then they go away and ask every other trans person that offensive question. If they ask me it, then they, I'll tell them in a nice way that you don't ask it. They won't go and ask that wrong question again, because that's a micro, I mean, it's not necessarily transphobia, but it's a microaggression. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, there's certain things you just don't ask people from certain communities and like, there'll be questions you don't ask trans people and stuff, but it's just a, it's a safe space for just education and empowerment and allyship, I guess. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm imagining you've had some emotional moments in, in, in on the campaign. Like I can only imagine because it's something about breaking down walls and breaking down perceptions and old ideas, you know? Yeah, I guess the emotional part is more on my end. Like, no one's ever been emotional with me, I don't think, maybe. I don't think so. Mm. But it's more with me when I'm, like, on the way home afterwards. Sometimes I, like, have a, I've had a cry before because I'm just like, oh, my God, like, I really, like, I, you forget, like, when you get wrapped up in the everyday of, like, what you're doing, you, it doesn't kind of, you're kind of on autopilot, especially, I've done this for seven years now. So, like, this is just the this is just what I've been doing for so long that I don't, I don't, you know, you can listen, but you're not hearing that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I'm just like, wow, that was really important today. Like someone, like I've, I, the thing I hear most is like, oh, you've really like helped me to understand. You've really changed my mind about trans, pe trans people. Like you've really, people just like say like that. Oh, I, you just, that's the, like when people say that, like it, it just, I'm like, oh my God, like that's a big deal. Like that, that means I'm putting someone out into the world that, that hopefully that person, you know, it's like, um, it's like a, a seed and then they pass that seed on to like someone like, it may be like, say they all pass on to like two other people in their life. Like say whether it's like friends or like family or like if they correct someone, like, you know, if they like, if they, it, you know, like you could even like, I, a lot of people are obviously girls cause it's like, an, it's like a femme focused activity. I do get a lot of guys actually, but like, it's mostly girls, hmm. but say their boyfriends are a little bit transphobic and say they're out of their boyfriend and their boyfriend's like, Oh, that's a tranny. That's a tranny. Like whispering to them like, on the bus or on the train or something like their girlfriend, like the girl who's nails at them would hopefully be like, Oh babe, that's, you don't say that word. Like that's why, and why, why are you saying it? Maybe they, and just in calling them out, like, that just like passes this like the shift on like it's a uh, ripples make waves and it's like it's just a, like you just that's the goal for me and that's like just to think that if i i can't i couldn't add, possibly add up how many people's nails i've done over the last seven years but if everyone passed it on to like two people five people ten people like if you just add that up it's yeah. like crazy it's crazy like yeah 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 just i just think that's that's what gets me emotional that's huge that's huge like uh, has did anybody ever ask you uh, um, am I transphobic? Like literally asking you straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. like people are like, is it transphobic if I say this? And I'm like, well, yeah, a little bit, but like, I know you don't mean like. There's yeah. like you said, there's ignorance, and then there's like malicious ignorance. Like, there's uneducated ignorance where you just don't know any better, and you're just like asking something or saying something because that's what you've been taught by the media. Like if you think about it, like I, I and that's why when I, I correct people or if I people ask the wrong questions in my salon, I'm like I don't get angry at them because I'm this is what they've been taught. 
Mm. Like if they've never met a trans person and never talked about trans issues, so that all they need to, all they know to go by is what they've read in the tabloids or in, um, or seen on like Jerry Springer where they, where you've, where they use words like tranny, Mm. they they Mm. always go on about, are you pre-op, post-op all the time? Like where they, like they, they think that the men, like if you look at Jerry Springer, the men we're sleeping with are gay. And then it's like, oh, it's a man, like sort of things. That's a man segments. I don't get angry at them because I'm like, this is what you've been taught. And if you've not been exposed to anything else, other than the Daily Mail or the Times or Jerry Springer, I don't expect you. Like I like so. I just think, yeah. For me, it's just about um, hu- just helping them to like kind of understand like how wrong those things were. Because like, if you're not from that community, you just won't understand that it is really wrong. You just you you might think that people are overreacting, but like the the that culture of of those um, which is still existing now today. Like if you look at some of the headlines about trans people even up till like last week or even like last month mm. the the culture that's manifested from these this media that just hates trans people is like it's it's the it, the people today and the language they use and how they treat us like the public treat us like when i'm when i'm being attacked or when i'm being like people um being mean to me or something in the street it's a manifestation of the the toxic transphobic media culture that these people have been bred in they don't yeah. they weren't no one's born transphobic. They they didn't just like start being transphobic. No, they learned transphobia. Yeah, yeah. And it's really so. What I do is just about unpacking that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and like, I love the idea as well of like, like long long form conversations about kind of everything these days. I I, I love the idea that we need to bring back so much more. Um, nuance and subtlety to um conversations i i think i think everything has gone um like like say on twitter or something like that you know things things are can be quite uh triggering you know because it's one side kind of shouting another side shouting and it's it's a lot of a lot of noise i guess but it's a lot of i know there's a lot of great campaigning and stuff as well but it it's um it's hard to have uh, like, like for example, compare that to sitting, doing someone's nails, holding their hands, having a one-to-one human conversation for even I don't know ten minutes or whatever. Uh, there's there's such a difference, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a really, uh, it's so hard. It's like my campaign is definitely born out of the kind of age of. Um, like I'm not active on Twitter because of it, but like of their kind of age of people pushing, I don't know how to say people, just the amount of like, just, just, uh, it's so hard to say, like just the online abuse and the online, whether, when I say abuse, I even mean just like, articles or posts or like memes or anything Mm. and i can't even think it's not just when i say abuse i don't mean just like people shouting you're a tranny i mean like it's like violent in a way that because it breeds actual violence like when you see like articles from these tabloids or when you see like influential people on twitter who have millions of followers and no names sharing um transphobic things that are gonna manifest into actual violence they are those things in themselves are violent and my campaign is definitely born out of that 
um, kind of culture where like there's just so much, like you said, like just like talk online. And it's like, I think people who aren't engaged in the issue in the same way that like, I, I'm, I guess like people maybe like might feel towards like race, racial issues or any kind of other issue that like you're not, if you're not from the community that's a part of like the the debate you might just look outside and be like i don't know what to believe like because you're all like i just or you might believe the wrong thing even because these arguments are presented in such good ways especially like with trans stuff a lot of the arguments it's like oh my god that it's like so sinister because they'll like word in ways that are like do you want men in your bathrooms? And it's like, women will be like, no, I don't want men in my bathrooms. And guess what? I don't want men in my bathroom either. Like, yeah, I'm a, yeah. like I don't think you're understanding that yeah. this is worded so wrong. It's that trans women aren't men. Tra- even if you say, well, you was men. Well, we are trans women. We are totally separate to men. Like, we are a separate entity. You can't lump trans women in with men. We're not men. We're, I, my passport says F. I am not a man. Like, yeah. I just... It just and even like even if you like oh, just it blows my mind but just like these narratives or even like it's like oh they, they'll talk about like um so much talk about tr- uh, trans kids at the moment which is what my documentary is about um for bbc mm-hmm. and it'll be like oh should like young tra- should trans kids be having surgery and it's like trans kids aren't having surgery so why are we arguing about this like you have to be 18 in this country Mm. to have surgery Mm. and do you know how lucky you have to be at 18 to have surgery like you would have had to go private essentially because the wait and this up to five years for a first appointment never mind surgery surgery is years after that for a first appointment to discuss to discuss Trans- yes. transitioning with a counsellor it's five years yeah. and the media make out like oh my god trans kids are being rushed into surgery and da, 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 da. that's the big debate at the moment that's what my documentary circles around um, centres around but um, there's just it's like how can they how can they pose this argument like should kids be on hormones and should kids be having surgery when like the waiting times are so staggeringly long that even if you go as a teenager, you'll be in your twenties by the time you get your first appointment anyway. Mm. It's just disgraceful. And it's just like, there's so many to do because of this, like Twitter, um, culture like, like just the, this like everyone having an opinion who aren't qualified to have an opinion like mm-hmm. you shouldn't be having it like you should you should just shush your mouth and, li- and be quiet like you shouldn't be having an opinion but even journalists who are qualified journalists quotation marks they don't they don't they're not qualified to have an opinion like if you're not like why is there like there was i'll just say this before i finish there was um a stat recently that there were in the last year the times are one of the surprisingly well not surprising necessarily but like when people say transphobic you or lgbt phobic or even just bigoted you think of like the daily mail the sun the news of the world you know those sorts of one the mirror mm. but the times are one of the worst towards trans people and in a very sinister way with their like very compelling clever false narratives that are, are like much more clever than just like a daily mail headline that's like six swap up bloke bonks duh, 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 or like you know they're, they're yeah. like sensational they're, yeah. they're just yeah. like they're just like dumb headlines but the, the times will publish much cleverer headlines that are like um like the like oh i can't think of an example but just like you know like uh, headlines that actually like like the women do you want do you want men in your women's bathroom sort of things like they're much because they're cleverer people right in there they were that they're like so much cleverer with their arguments essentially is what i'm saying and um there was a stat recently that said in the last year, so last year, there was 324 articles about trans people, trans stuff in the Times. Mm. And guess how many of those were written by a trans person? Right. Not a single one. <laughs> Not a single one. Yes. How can you be having this 
quotation marks debate how can you be talking about trans stuff 324 that's basically one a day and you didn't even ask a trans person once you didn't even bring someone in even for a debate like it was literally just people who know nothing about us people who don't have trans kids talking about should trans kids be transitioning oh, i don't want my daughter transitioning your daughter's not trans she's not gonna transition. <laughs> like why do you care like why is there so much talk about like and oh my god it just blows my mind that 324 one a day pretty much and there wasn't a single trans person like writing it like mm. imagine if we shifted the word trans out for black and it was like 324 articles only about black uh, black issues there was like no other ones and they were all written by white people what the fuck what i know yeah yeah that it's, it's like just, such a good illustration or yeah. even gay like if you want to take the word black out and put gay in even disabled and put like a like i just can't get my head around the fact that like people aren't seeing that that's the problem is that like you just got these people who hate trans people who know nothing who aren't qualified who aren't who literally yeah. don't know anything about us like feeling mm. that they can give their two cents and be like actually do you know what i think actually no i don't care what you think shut up shut up my apologies for interrupting the podcast sign up at patreon.com slash o'malley patrons receive a weekly private podcast called private pod as well as monthly music demos works in progress and a monthly video sign up now it's the best way to support the show and keep the podcast going patreon.com slash emmet Back to the show. So the first thing I'm just thinking about is like human beings with like fear, the way they deal with with their unsaid fears, you know, like as in something they don't know anything about, something that I don't have experience with, but it's part of life. This is like as in trans people have existed forever, you know, like like everyone else, you know. So like there's this it it just sounds like there's always this reaction then from the fear of like like blah, 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 blah. you know i'm just going to like write loads of shit like say loads of shit without actually having a conversation with you for example or without having a conversation with like uh people in the trans community you know as in yeah. you know educating again you know themselves on the on yeah. the issues it's it's like there's certain things where people just take this massive leap as suddenly yeah. s and always in a kind of uh emotionally emotionally loaded way you know it's like coming yeah. in full-on like burning up with well this is my opinion ah! you know it's yeah it's like yeah it's it's kind of insane uh, it's not even kind of insane. It's just like pure insanity. And it's just so sad because like your theoretical, like, oh, I'm, I'm scared of trans people. Or I'm angry at trans people for, because they could do this. Like if we let men in women's bathrooms, they're, they're going to bloody do this. And it's like, um, okay, so what is this based off? Because uh, plot twist, trans women have been using the bathroom with women since forever. 
Mm. I don't know if you realize, but trans women didn't just pop up in 2015 and start using the women's room. We've been <laughs> here since forever. Google like pictures of trans people from like the 60s, from the Victorian times, from even like in like old ancient cultures, like the um, in the Native Americans, in Aztec culture, in um, even in like there's like there's literally proof of trans people existing in, in in Greek, ancient Greece, in ancient Rome. There's we have existed forever, and we've always been using the women's toilets to view. And now all of a sudden in 2017, it kind of kicked off to because there was a, um, uh, um, basically there was a push for the, um, a reformation. Is that the word? Re yeah, reformation, reform. <laughs> I sound so stupid. But basically there was a proposed, like, should we reform the Gen Gender Recognition Act? Right. Where um, it would give trans people more rights like they do in Ireland, for example. We're both Irish, hey. Yeah, um, yeah. In other parts of the world where like, and it's not done any it's just made it easier just to get like your passport changed, for example. But um, uh, after that, all of a sudden there was a kickoff of like, should trans women be allowed in women's bathrooms? And it's like, um, where, where's this fear coming from? Because we've done nothing. There's no cases of us. Like, please show me a case where a trans woman has gone into a women's bathroom here and done something dodgy. No, they haven't. So it's like your theoretical opinion that you've put out on Twitter that is going to get loads of other people hyped up thinking that men are using the women's bathrooms, which they're not because we're trans women, is now going to have real life effect on actual trans women like me who don't, I don't even use the women's bathroom because I'm so nervous. I obviously don't use the men's. I just don't go when I'm out, which is sad. I should have a right to go and use a toilet when I'm out. All mm. I want to do is fucking wee. Like that's mm. literally all I want to do. And I'm too scared because I'm like, I may to be out to be the one who's like the, the dangerous person in that toilet, but I'm the one who goes in feeling scared. Like I'm the one who is in that toilet yeah. thinking someone going to clock me and start screaming and shouting. It's going to attack me. Maybe can I even attack? Can I hit them back if they hit me? Is it going to be like, Oh, a man hit a woman. Like there's no winning. Like, I just, I'm like, I'm just not going to use it. And it's bullshit that I should have to feel that way. It makes me so fucking angry. And it's like, it just, it, yeah, it's just the same with all the arguments. It's like about like, even the ones with trans kids, even the ones like all, all the arguments around trans people are just rooted in like, theoretical like this could happen if we let if we do this and it's like well guess what i'm not a theoretical like i'm not a theory i'm a real person mm -hmm. with a real life and there's like real life consequences from the shit that you're putting out there whether it's on twitter or in an article and it's like that's it's so unfair that like um theories and kind of like um hypothetical things are have more weight over real life things like it just yeah. it, and it, again it applies to every other community every other mi minority group it's like to do with like gay people and how and there's such a, a big parallel between how trans people are being treated now as to like how gay people were treated in this country in the 80s with like oh like they're turning and kids gay and they turn like if we talk about gay stuff it's like you know there was section 28 and stuff it's like you can't even talk about gay stuff if you have tr gay people on tv it's going to make kids gay like i was i saw on twitter recently i was getting called I, I'm being called a group, someone who grooms children. It's just disgusting. Imagine being oh told that you're grooming because I'm out and living as a, tra I'm living my truth boldly as a, and beautifully as a trans person. I'm told I'm grooming kids into being trans. It just is, there's so many parallels. It's, and there was a lot of parallels between gay people being called pedophiles back in the, by big tabloids again, mm. by massive national newspapers, being called pedophiles and predatory. And like, it just, and also I, I really want anyone listening who is, gay to understand as well that just because like because not a lot of it feels like a lot of the time only trans people are speaking up but 
I promise you now, and I say this all the time on Instagram, once they start repealing trans rights, which they have already started, like a high court ruled recently that under 16s or 16s and under can't get any help to do with transitioning. Like you can't even like, they won't even see you for like counseling or anything, like just no help. And that's because of the massive push that the transphobes in the media and on Twitter have put on the, the case and stuff. Um, they will start taking gay rights back. I promise you now. Like, look at other countries who have been doing it. Like, Holland done it recently where there's a lot of anti-trans stuff there, like the trans bathroom stuff. And now because because they've got their way, their foot in the door with, like, anti-LGBT, like, repealing legislation, they've started making it, um, they're trying to make it illegal for uh, gay people to adopt. You know, like, this, mm. it's, a, it's not, it is not, and it makes me, like, so angry that more gay people aren't speaking up or bi people or lesbians or whatever. Because you're, you are next. I promise you now, once they re- once the bigots realize that they can uh, fear monger people into uh, taking our rights away as trans people because we're the smallest community out of the LGBT out of the whole world really we're one percent of the population. Mm. Once they realize they can start ripping back our rights by like scaring people, scaring the public into in thinking they should, they will start coming for uh, gay marriage, gay adoption, other other. Should gay men be allowed to use men's toilets? Are they not going to be a, 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 a perving on guys? Like, because when you think about the the reason that w- trans women aren't supposed to be allowed in women's bathrooms, oh, it's because we're like gonna. I'm not even into women, but it's like we're apparently uh, going to be like raping women and looking at women and stuff. Um, so why are lesbians allowed in? Why are gay men allowed in men's toilets? Like, I just don't admit there's, and they will come for you next. So this is my warning on Emmett's podcast. <laughs> Start speaking up, or your rights to go next. Yeah, because you know it. It seems like uh, when, let's say, like there, there's probably a false, a false sense in in the wider world on in the media that like because uh, trans rights and LGBTQ plus rights are are like you know in the media. Uh, quite a lot and like there's a lot of conversation that that things are always progressing and evolving but what people don't uh, see is that there's this kind of like toxic reaction on the other side that grows as well that is quite scary that it it can't be just forget about it like as you know everything's everything's going fine now it's on track (laughs) you know it's like there's been stuff you mentioned like the, the the gay rights stuff like i remember growing up in Ireland, I think it was like the early 90s, like it was 91 or something like that, when like uh, basically uh, when it became legalized to be gay basically in Ireland, as in like, but I mean, basically sex became, you know, legal, which is, which is kind of like really not long ago. And just to think about back then, oh, that seems so prehistoric, like the way that people would have been campaigning against that, for example, yeah, in, in this in this culture, that seems like like that's almost like a joke. But actually, you look at the situation now with with uh, the trans community and the the vitriol that's coming towards trans people. It's like it's the same thing, you know. It literally is. It literally is, and it's it's just yeah. People need to understand that once you have your rights, it doesn't mean they can't be taken away again. Like even just look at America, for example, they're like making like bills in like in a lot of the kind of um, middle and south south uh, south not South America the deep you know like not south as in South America but south as in like the deep like yeah Texas, deep south you know, like, yeah yeah. yeah. Um, they're making it like laws around like abortion so that like you can't abort an uh, um, a, you can't abort period but you can't even abort like a rape uh, a, a baby out of rape and they're making I saw a law recently um, that was uh, made it 
for its first like hearing in court that it was like um to do with rape it's like women can't if a woman is has gotten drunk she can't i mean rape cases are a mess anyway like even if even even though this isn't the law at the moment like is it like two percent or four percent or something of rape cases get prosecutions but they're trying to make a bill that is like um, if a woman got drunk willingly herself she can't cry rape like if she's basically saying that if a woman was drunk it's her fault and it's just like this so do not understand that like just because we've had rights once like people who are bad people get into power or people who aren't progressive get into power they can strip our rights in the same way just because we've had the nhs doesn't mean that tories are literally right now privatizing the nhs we will we, we've had the nhs we will lose the nhs and we'll probably once labor come back in in like four years or whatever it is we'll get the NHS back again, but like it can come and go. And in the same mm. way, it, like if we had someone even more like the Tories are horrible, but imagine we had even like UKIP or someone even, even worse than the Tories who came in and were like, actually like it's illegal to be trans or something like the D you know, like how the DUP in Ireland are is like, yeah. just, is yeah. it the DUP? Yeah. DUP, yeah. In Northern yeah. Ireland. Yeah. So I know how bad they are with LGBT stuff. And it's like, that's only, that's in, that's in Ireland. That's like, that's not, that's like half an hour away. Like, imagine like if we got someone here who came in, they could strip all, like, it's not even just trans people who would be like on the, like, like I said, I, I just, I really want more LGBT people to get involved because their rights are next. But even you shouldn't really even just only want to get involved because you're worried about your rights. Like in the same way, like white people should like care about racial in, uh, injustice just because it's wrong not just because I don't know because all of a sudden we could lose our rights or something like I just you should just care about things just because it's the right thing to do yeah and it's it's it seems like uh like it, it is the is the debate growing and growing and do you think there because of that do you think there is a chance that there is a more understanding as well as more vitriol yeah. rising yeah yeah definitely I think I don't like when people say, oh, things are so much better now. Things are so easy. Like people will really um, like wash over how hard it is. Like what's the word? Like pink wash, white wash. I can't remember what they were saying. This, but you know, like they'll kind of like, 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 and like, it comes from a nice place. But when I talk and I'm like, say I'm doing the nails of like, often like a middle-aged woman who will be like, oh, you know, my kid's in school right now. They can just be whoever they want to be. Like, they don't care. Um, someone came out as gay and just no one cared in the class. And I'm just like, or someone came out as trans and no one cares. And I'm like, okay, well, that's lovely. But like your, fr your like your child's friendship group at school is not um, like a relevant, like a, um, a reflection of wider society like and also right. just on that level as well i don't think the next generation should get more credit than they do because like the most abuse i get is from people of that age like when me and my friends or when any trans person is out the people likely to be mean to us i get a lot of shit from women lately but usually it's from like teenage boys mm. or like young guys young boys and it's like so i don't think the next generation the younger generation should get as much credit as they do but having said that i do think that so though there, I think there's the same amount of hate, but I think there's more people on our side. So I think that's the way we're winning. I don't think people, I think by saying like, oh, just no one cares anymore. Cause that's wrong. That's a lie. Like we've seen like trans rights were literally stripped back like a few, like a couple of months ago in the high court, like with the ruling against um, trans teens. But like, so you can't tell me that like, and the trans murders are going up every year globally. So you can't tell me that things are just, no one cares anymore. Cause they do. But I think the way we're winning is that by with education and with, whether that's education in the media or through activism or through whatever, pe more people are on side with trans people. And I think that's going to be the only way that we're going to beat the, 
the haters is and the 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 bigots is by just outnumbering them and just being like this isn't okay and like voting and in in a way that is like or like getting involved in issues or even just like even just speaking to people in your in your in your life like even it's not even a case of like speaking to your mp like, i mean that's great if you can do that when there's an issue that's get like kind of getting a lot of press but like if even if it's just a case of speaking to like your friends your family and just like making sure that they're all like on the right side of history and just like if, if you if they say something wrong say something like if i've got family and if they say like something that i feel like actually do you know what? that's not cool like in terms of like race or something i, I would always 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 I'd be like okay i'm not gonna let that slip we need to talk about this and in the same way i'd hope that um uh people do that towards trans issues or do you know what I mean like lgbt issues i think it's really important just to like yeah, that's a, it's such a small way, but just you can have the conversations in your every la- everyday life. And if, we're all, if we were all having those conversations and getting people on side, think how much quicker we'd win. Mm. You know, think how much, think how much in, in terms of every social issue, but if we were just all just being more proactive um, in just issues that don't affect us and just like getting involved and making sure to always call things out when we can and to call things in rather like you can call things out in a nice way and call people in and say oh i you know that's a, you shouldn't say that like this is like and you can say it in a really nice way and just be like babe like that sounds really ignorant you shouldn't speak like that like you're better than that like mm. let me show you this let me teach you this or whatever yeah. just think how much quicker we could beat these figures yeah oh, absolutely yeah it's it's uh really really uh inspiring to hear that uh, i just want to touch on um before we wrap it up i want to touch on the uh f- the transgender flag emoji um yeah oh, tell yeah. me a bit uh, about that because that's another like uh big achievement from your ac- activism i mean it's definitely like it's not just me that one so i can't take full credit but like it's basically um i don't know how to say so basically it's, it's kind of a long fought battle so it's only just been one which is really exciting so like a couple of I think it's a couple of months ago now, a few months ago, we got the the transgender emoji, the transgender flag emoji. And before that, so I ran a campaign called Claws Out for Trans, where it was basically, um, there's not a, tra- there, until recently, there wasn't a trans flag or a trans emoji. And I was just like, they're putting new emojis like every year. And I didn't, so basically I clocked that other people were um, fighting for this emoji. I've got a friend called T who works that she's a, a big, a big, how do you say a big dog? A big dog at Google, like <laughs> right. really. She's got—I don't know the name of her job. She's like a creative director or something. She's like mm. really IT. If you're listening, but she's amazing. So I saw like people like her and like, other people over the years having done like um, campaigns, like kind of like where you submit like a proposal for like the trans flag emoji because like there's lo- there's emojis for literally everything now. Mm. And I thought it was transphobic. Not that there wasn't a trans flag emoji. We I couldn't care less if there's a trans flag emoji or not. But what I thought was a, was transphobic is that they were seeing our proposals every year, which take a lot of time. So you need to get a lawyer mm. to do usually like they are really, you got, a, they're, they're like legal documents and you got to provide proof and do like, it's a, a really, really big document. And, um, to see that they were seeing our proposals every year and ignoring them and like putting on like a new a, a, like emojis that no one wanted, like spending time making things that literally no one asked for, but not giving a massive community like a, a symbol for our community. Like there's a gay, well, the pride flag, but it kind of gets, people think of it as the gay flag. And then like, um, there's like emojis for everything. So they were like putting on like the year that I remember I got, I started my campaign. They put on like a toboggan, a soup can, like things. I'm like, who 
ask for a soup can? Who an abacus? <laughs> Who is gonna use an abacus? I don't even know. I, I, might, I genuinely I don't even know. <laughs> oh fuck off, ever there. Yeah, I was like, this is stupid. And they put on a lobster that year as well. And lobsters are kind of cute, so I wasn't that mad about it. But I thought, you know what? Let's hijack the lobster because um, lobsters are Andrew. Oh, I can't remember that. Andrew. Giant. Giant. Andromorphic. I wish I, I, wish I could help you with that one, but I, I'm I'm lost as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically lobsters. I'm pretty sure the word is gynandromorphic. Um, they can basically kind of they're a bit trans, so they can be, have both male and female characteristics mm. as one, like in themselves, mm, mm. kind of like intersex almost. Um, and so I was like, let's hijack the lobster, and make that our trans emoji because yeah. it's kind of trans until they actually give us an actual trans emoji. And like with my campaign added to the things that people like T were doing. Um, and other people around the world, we got our emoji finally, which was really, really exciting. And it's like a small win because um, if you think about it, like a lot of, like I, I mentioned earlier, like trans people make up like 1% of the population. So most people haven't met a trans person, but that includes trans people. Like most trans people, I know I, I didn't meet a trans person until like two years into my transition. So mm. if you like, a lot of us connect over social media, over YouTube, over Instagram and stuff. So if you could like have a, um, like um a lot of us use things like um, emojis and hashtags and stuff to connect and to like, I just think that's really important. And just, it, it, it's like, it sounds silly, but if you're, if a lot of people are, who would think it worse, worse silly would be people who have always been represented and who have never felt left out or never felt uh, like overseen by big companies who are just like, don't think that they're worth, that they think an abacus or a soup can is worth more than their community. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. yeah, it's like, it's just, that's like a little nice win. That just reminds me that like, just to keep going sort of thing. That was really a really nice win. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And it was just last year it came through, isn't it? After about five yeah. years or something. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And it was like the most, I think the, it was like the most requested emoji for two years or something. So it was like big. It wasn't just like, they were ignoring us. They, it wasn't just, that's my problem. Like I said, I couldn't care less about emojis, but like I care about Unicode who are made up of um, like Facebook and uh, Instagram, Google, all these places ignoring us. I was like, that is what I've got a problem with. You yeah. will listen. If, there's, if this is the most requested, why wouldn't you give it? Why would you be so tight and mean and be like, no, we're going to make an abacus instead. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, any plans coming up in the next while? What What are you up to? Are you you're working on it because i forgot to mention as well because sorry i don't mean to interrupt you but i forgot to mention that you know with all your work you started off as an artist as well you know yeah and kind of. yeah so i was actually going to ask you about that too have you been have you been curious about exploring uh, uh some art that you haven't explored for a while yeah, actually, I've really, really recently in the like last week, I've just, um, I was like, Do you know what, I'm going to get back to that. Like I, I've kind of like, um, oh, where do I start? So basically, um, I, I'm not in the best place mentally. I've not been in the best place mentally for about f four years now, three, four years. Like, even before that, I was never that good. But like something really bad happened a few years ago. And I just like, I've lost myself and like, I recently like I, I think I found some sketchbooks that I did or something from when I was in like GCSE and I was like I was not being big-headed I was really good like mm. I got 100% in my A-level I like went to like Central St. Martin's afters and I was like really good and like I just never since so I did um for my degree I did like uh it's more of a digital kind of thing so it was like fashion communication it wasn't like um 
hands-on so I as a child was always drawing like my whole life growing up all I did at home was draw 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 and I was so good and I just realized I was like oh my god I haven't drawn in like I wish I could think of the number it's probably like 10 years it's so disgusting it's like since it's since a level and I'm like that is so sad like that was like my life and I was it made me so happy and it was like it brought and I just thought especially now with like feeling so sad um for the last few years I was like I want to get back to drawing I hope that might bring me back some happiness you know like how it used to like drawing used to just like calm me down make me feel like it would just make me feel happy like I got so much joy out of drawing in this in the way that I know like anyone who's creative whether it's music or art or whatever or acting or dancing you'll know it just brings you joy and I'm like I've lost my joy a lot in my in my life and I was like I really want to bring back some joy so I've decided I'm like and I went out and I bought a sketchbook I still haven't used it but I bought a sketchbook and I'm like gonna start drawing and stuff and I even incorporated like um like basically like little postcards that I'm going to design as like with my slogan because I have a lot of like slogans but I'm going to mm. um, start uh, doing those for my Patreon because so like, I have a, like a Patreon that like you can subscribe to where you awesome. basically get like rewards and one of the like my one of my tiers will be like you get like set every month I'll send you a postcard that I've like drawn like and put because I have like a lot of like uh, one line as I say on Instagram that people like and stuff so yeah like, I just like trying to get back to like r- what makes me happy and I think that's really important for all of us like just in case there's something that if you're listening that you used to make you so happy whether it was as a child or just like recently and you've just not done it for a while especially in this like lockdown and in like if you're just if you're if you feel like you've lost your way a bit and lost yourself just try and get back to like what used to make you happy and it might yeah just might bring you a bit of joy yeah that's that's great advice i took up a little bit of that advice myself over the lockdown too uh one of the things i used to do when i was a kid i used to do like magic you know like card magic um, so, yeah it's really cringe you know i'm saying this publicly now but like i got this really old, i got this really old book you know like some really good um kind of you know sleight of hand and stuff and like oh my god it's actually amazing just to uh no pun intended it's it's actually not amazing because i'm still shit but like, like just that i can just sit there like and just like you know mess around with that and work on that it it, it does it does tap into that sense yeah. of you know childish kind of excitement and oh my god and like your inner child like you're making your like because we are all still our inner child like even when we grow up our like the inner child is still in us and like, i always remind myself of that if i'm like especially when i'm feeling down i'm like think of your inner child like because i'll just like stay in bed and stagnate or like i can do bad things even like i eat takeaways all the time or i hook up and stuff and i'm like what like what are you doing to your inner child like think of your inner child like would you, and then when i think of my inner child i'm like bitch i'm out of bed i'm like i'll have a shower and i'll brush my teeth and i'm like i'll, I'll cook my meal instead of uh ordering a million takeaways in a week and i'll like i won't hook up and stuff and i just feel i'm like do you know what? i feel so much better when you remind yourself that like of that inner child and you who deserves yeah. love and happiness i think that's yeah. really really yeah yeah and like having that space just just a little bit of space to 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 play essentially really isn't it just to yeah yeah to breathe to relax and not have this uh i guess the pressure of of the the pressure that i create myself basically really because there's not a whole lot of other people put me under that pressure when i think about it you know there are sometimes but but I, i kind of um i have a habit of twisting things into a pressurized way so that i'm you know up, ag- up against do. it i think we all do i think even just like talking about drawing on you with like magic or music and stuff it's important as well not to try and like 
think about, or I know I do this, but like, and I'm sure a lot of other people do, but think how you can make money from it. Mm-hmm. I think like with my drawing, I'm like trying to remind myself, like, even though I did just say that I put it on my Patreon, but like, apart from the, that, I'm mm. just like trying to draw just for fun and just for me and not even for anyone to see it. Like, I'm not thinking like, I'm going to sell this or I'm going to make an, how can I make, what can I like, how can I brand this? Like, how can I, what should I draw that would be cute on Instagram? No, just draw for fun, make music for fun, do music, for, uh, magic for fun. Like, I think it's really important just to, in this age that we're living in where everything is online and like social media and like uh, business and stuff, I think it's really important just sometimes, yes. you know, like not not to try and make money from everything. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It just takes the pressure away um, completely. By the way, um, it, it, I, I heard everything you said, by the way, just in case you're wondering, because I know the video froze there. So Yeah, my thing just, it didn't freeze, but mine said like your internet stable. Oh, okay, no worries. Yeah, every, everything was cool. Anyway, don't worry. Thank God. Sorry, yeah, all of a sudden, I think my internet's getting a bit shit. Sorry. Don't worry. But I think we've we've come to the end of it anyway. And like, thank you so much oh, for like it. doing this. It's really great no. to talk to you. It's my pleasure, Emmett. My pleasure, babe. I really enjoyed it. That's it, folks. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you subscribe and follow online. And remember that signing up on Patreon is the best way you can support this show. I will catch you next Tuesday. Peace.